where we discuss the practices that engage, motivate, develop, retain and attract people to businesses. We'll give you principles and tools based on real-world stories to leverage listening and storytelling to become a better leader and management professional. Leadership Story Talks is produced by Narrative, a company that focuses on personal storytelling for business. Welcome to Leadership Story Talks. In this podcast, Julian Ryan and I, Jerome DeRoy, discuss all the ways in which we can create more engagement in our lives, especially at work. Why do we do this? Because there are more people who identify as disengaged at work than there are who say they feel engaged. We come from Narrative, which is a company that focuses on engaging businesses and their audiences through the power of listening and storytelling, and we employ a seven-step method to do so. There are many people out there who work to increase engagement in a variety of ways, and we've had a lot of those people on our show. And then from time to time, Julianne and I come together and we discuss a specific topic. And that's what we're doing today. We wanted to talk about relationship building. And I wanted to dig into a little bit of a framework so that we can all, as we enter this new year of 2023, get better at building relationships, because I think this is one of the things that we're being called to do more and more, uh, especially as people come back to the office increasingly, and we're kind of getting used to now being around people uh, after a long time of not being around people. So, so where does relationship building come into this? So uh, that's a long introduction, just to say, hi, Jules, how are yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, we're off to a good start. Um. So yeah, so uh, how do we, how do you want to, I, I know that there was a specific um, kind of encounter that you had or, or, or an experience that you had that's got us to talking about uh, mm. this topic. Maybe you want to kick us off with that, with that example, and then we can, we can build the framework around it. For sure. Okay, right before the holidays, in the midst of uh, that week between um, Christmas and New Year's, I had to research a topic uh, because I was invited to, to do something with a group and I didn't have the, the knowledge and the expertise. I wanted to dig a little further. And I was like, okay, I should really reach out, take my own advice and reach out to my network. And then I, it's a simple thing. I just start to have this internal dialogue of saying, oh, nobody's gonna write back. They're gonna say, why are you asking me this question? You're really probing, you're digging too much. Much. And I was quite taken back with the generosity and the timeliness of people's responses and how people didn't just send me a text, but they 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 set up time for me. So A, out there, I'd like to say thank you to anybody who helped me over the last couple of days. But it really made me think about I and others, I'm sure, are always guilty of sometimes writing a script or making assumptions mm -hmm. that are not valid. And if we can cast people in certain roles that aren't true. And the only way we can break through that is to maybe do the opposite or just take a chance and reach out to them and really check. Them. So I, it's a big thank you. And it was an important learning about, okay, assumptions, hmm, mm -hmm. need to get past those. Yeah. And, uh, and it created a whole uh, nice opportunity to learn and um, strengthen relationships that I had. Hmm. Yeah, or, you know, and I think that really, um, in terms of what can we do better to build relationships or better relationships, um, you know, going forward, especially, you know, as, as we're coming out of the holidays, I think, you know, that it can be, can be sometimes, there can be a lot of tension around that. Um, and, and, you know, because, 
old family tensions come back, for example, oh, yeah. <laughs> for example, you know, and you kind of revert to these, to these childhood roles almost. And, um, and I know that it's, it's not necessarily a, a really easy period to get through. And, and that's what this reminded me of your example, you know, it, a lot of it has to do with assumptions and especially what we think of other people and how they will, how they will act uh, without actually having given them the benefit of the doubt, you know, because we're basing a future behavior on a past behavior and, and we're not giving anyone a chance to maybe have a different behavior because in our heads, they're just going to be that person for the rest of our lives. And how does that sort of change things for us? And, and how is it, is that really productive? And one of the things that we do at Narrative and, and in our methodology, that's all part of how we listen to people, not just to people, but also to, to ourselves. Um, you know, and we talk about obstacles to listening. What are the things that get in the way of my ability to be present for myself and for somebody else? And a huge amount of people tell us that the assumptions are the, are the main obstacles, right? Uh, another big one is judgments, but they're having more to do with internal things that have to do with me rather than anyone else. And I think the moment that people realize wait a second, this is not about that person or their behavior, but it's actually about me. And there's something that I'm projecting onto that person that's really not fair to them. Uh, and it's keeping me from being my full creative self. Um, so I think, you know, if, if we can give this message to our listeners of, you know, just look at yourself first and notice these patterns, right? Once you start to notice the pattern, you can kind of break it down and then see what you can change. Uh, but that's to me your example of you had these assumptions about people not coming back to you, and yet you still did it. You didn't let that mm -hmm. stop you. And I think many, many times these obstacles, that's why we call them obstacles, is they stop us. But we can, once we realize that actually it's an obstacle you can set aside and then you can move forward most of the time, then you know, look at the result, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, Jules, what would have happened if someone had said, no, you know, I'm not going to help you and had sort of validated your concerns. Would you have shut down and stopped or would you have continued I with other people? I think so, because I gathered, because I'm a psych background, I gathered a cohort that I thought the numbers are with me. Somebody's going to write back because it was a big topic and it really asked somebody to, to um, go on a limb and, and have trust. But I would have probably said I appreciate it, acknowledge it. And I think that was part of my uh, call to action to, to work around that. If I got a no, I got a no, or if I got a non-response or somebody was offline and wasn't connecting, not to read into it. So yeah, mm. I'm my own test subject on most of these things. And I well, like, you have such a thoughtful way of framing things. And in my head, I'm going, who's writing the script? <laughs> York, like really, who's writing the dialogue? But what you also said about family, we, we can have these dialogues and we can whip out the version of like back in the, the 70s and the 80s, you did this and you said this and you hmm. have it locked and loaded that there nobody can move out of the box we've contained them in. So taking that, um, taking that step back and, and making fun of myself too, I think, and the situation sometimes saying, well, what are you getting into here? So it's, it's good. It's always, there's always something to learn, but I thought that was really positive because it was, uh, I mean, it was an incredible um, turnaround in information and trust. 
I think yeah. that was the other part that I really touched me. The people um, circle back and really were forthright and generous and all that good stuff, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and I think, you know, this, um, I mean, the reason I'm asking that question is, is you know, I, I, I know you and I, and I know that, you know, you, you, you forge forward, right? And, and, <laughs> as, and as I think as we both do and, and as many people do, but I think being aware of that is important, right? That, you know, there's an intention that we're putting out there. And that's also part of our methodology is that once you have identified your obstacles to listening, and you come up with strategies to set them aside, not get rid of them, set them aside, acknowledge them, know that there are obstacles, know that those assumptions are there and they're perfectly human um, and everybody has assumptions. So it's not, we're not doing anything wrong here, but we're rather saying we're becoming aware of those obstacles, setting them aside, and then we can set an intention, an intention for how we wanna be. And, and rather than saying, you know, here's my goal for having this conversation with you. This is how it's going to benefit me. Rather, my intention is to be grateful, to be generous, to include as many people as I can in my research. You know, I'm giving examples, but it's it's much more of a, a positive way of being than it is sort of a, a goal-oriented thing, which can sometimes turn people off if they sense that what you're asking them is more to your benefit than to them where it's all about you. And so I think, you know, these are things to consider when you're building relationships and especially building trust because there's nothing that stops that trust building more than the perception that, oh, this person just is interested in themselves and there's nothing in it for me, right? So. And good points because now that I'm dissecting, first of all, when something as tough it's always like isn't this what would you tell your coaching clients so I tell them to pick up the phone or it's reached out to and try so I'm like take your own advice um the other thing is in in the making of those moments or requests there was vulnerability I was honest I did tell a little of the backstory of why so and that is a bit of a stretch sometimes to ask for help in a certain way and say, okay, I'm going to be honest. That's the only way you can uh, approach this. And that is the way I approach uh, situations uh, and just learn, learn from it. And like you said, if someone says no, or doesn't get back, just keep finding out what you need to know to get enough information that you feel comfortable with. So it's an exercise. And I'm sure I'm going to use that again in a, another situation uh, and time and time again, but just blow past your assumptions. I think that is the most important thing mm -hmm. and um, catch yourself when it's happening and say, where's the gift? Where's the opportunity? And is this true? Or have I just created this little universe um, that's right. totally non-factual? Yes. Yes. Find ways to, to prove the assumption right or wrong doesn't matter if it is right or wrong, but just to to see if you, if you can validate it or invalidate it. And that is also when you're you've been in coaching situations where clients are doing group work where there's myths that get held. That department is always evil. They don't help or they don't want. And breaking down those barriers is about listening to their stories and recasting and then also shuffling the parts that they have ways to contact each other and have one-to-one -one interface because as you know once you humanize the situation or there's a name and a face 
it's amazing how that person suddenly is more reasonable or they're more approachable. Um, and you and I have never had that experience. Like, you know, <laughs> I worked in HR, making friends in finance and IT, everybody who is always, you know, all friction. But you have to figure out how you can get out of your own way. I think it's the mm. big goal. It's, it's not so much a methodology, it's a call to action. Find how you can get out of your own way. And mm. it, we can't change everybody else's perception of ourselves or dynamic. We can, we're in charge of ourselves. So if we make a little change, we, we're doing good. You know, what? you just reminded me of something that happened very recently with a client of, of ours, actually, um, where there had been a few breakdowns in communication, what we perceived as breakdowns in communication. And so we decided, and this was in a foreign country where they, they speak Spanish. And so, and we, you know, I, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not enough to not have an interpreter. And, mm. uh, and so we went there and uh, met people in person as a way of, of, you know, bridging that gap essentially. And realized, and this is a small detail, but it, was, it turned out to be a really important one. There was one person in that group who was sort of brought back that we had met at the very beginning about a year ago of this project, long-term project. Mm. And then, you know, suddenly she's back into, into these meetings and we're wondering, I wonder why, why she's there. She was introduced to us as the office manager. Um, and, and, and then, you know, suddenly in these more recent meetings, she was kind of taking a lot of, making a lot of decisions and, and seemed to, you know, to, to have a lot of decision-making power. And we were wondering, like, how, how is that possible for an office mm -hmm. manager? Because I had, you know, one of my first uh, job applications and I'd gone through many rounds of interviews uh, in my twenties was to be an office manager. And one of the things that people told me was, oh, well, you know, you went to business school and all that. I wonder if this is really, if you're going to feel slightly like you're overqualified because, you know, you're going to have to order toilet paper for the office <laughs> and these kinds of things. That's what an office manager does. I was like, no, no, I want to start, you know, and this was to start in a new industry. And Hands I, on. And I, I exactly. Yeah, and I wanted to show everything you know. works and how it works. So. As a result of that, that was my understanding of what this person did. And I, I couldn't wrap my head around like, why does this person have so much decision-making power? And then we go there and we meet in person. Turns out that the translation we had been given was actually not right. She should have been introduced to us as the executive director. Oh, which my is goodness. A very, essentially a CEO. And so, so suddenly our whole, but it was interesting based on that one label, that one title made me have a series of assumptions that almost derailed the entire project. And then once the proper translation was given to me, suddenly I had these other assumptions. And so we really had to work hard to just set aside all of those assumptions and just meet each other as people with, and to your point, the call to action, with that in mind, what's our bigger call to action? What's our bigger why? Why are we all here? Why have we been working on this for a year? What's the end you know, goal here? What are we gonna do? And once we agreed on that, then it was like, oh, it didn't matter who was who in the build, what we had done with them to, before. There were other people like this in the room where, you know, one person we'd seen was, we, we had just seen her as, as, as just someone who, who was helping with logistics. But because we then put all these assumptions aside, everyone in the room started to have great ideas. And it didn't matter who it was coming from anymore because it was serving the project. And it didn't matter what my assumptions were, were about anybody. Suddenly I was seeing everybody equally, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, even... I think for people like us who are, you know, teaching this method and, and, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me to see how for myself, 
assumptions I had about someone based on a title really completely skewed my, my view of them. But you, you made it. But the interesting thing about the awesome man, just going back, so it is, you recast the pearl and you found the clarity and just inform. I thought maybe she got promoted too. Because what I was thinking about, what informed my list, and I heard you tell that story, is how many administrative assistants, executive assistants, are really catalystic communications. They have their boss who has great seniority and weight, but she or he, whoever's running those desks or those chief of staffs are catalysts too in their communication. So when you're looking at making change in an organization, we all say, we have to go to the top. Well, not always, because a lot of the, um, the Japanese, I know I have an expression from the grass up, where you go and you have anchor relationships and you start to have dialogue with a lot of different people who will influence each other in very unique ways and get each other's ear. So I think there's lots of opportunities, but you're right, labels and titles and how we hear it and what gets lost in translation sometime and the nuances is quite interesting. So fortunately, you're being patient and just observing you didn't thinking and uh, and I know how you present you present respectfully and you listen but it's very interesting to see behind the curtain like mm-hmm. all these questions are going on so yeah. I think being patient and time and seeing where the dynamics play out sometimes and who is sometimes the best um advocate for things you're pitching it's not always uh, the person you expect it's going to be yes yes and I think if you st- stay true to that why to that purpose um, and you're clear about that, then it's going to help, you know, people will show up, people will show up to serve that why, uh, the clearer you can become, you know, with that. And, and the best way that we know of communicating your why and your purpose is, is through a story. And so I think the more, you know, we, we've kind of come full circle from, you know, obstacles to listening and identifying those, setting them aside, creating an intention. And then the next is to, is to look at, you know, why am I here? Why are we all here? And once you've got that clear in your mind, then you can start to tell the stories about that why. And that's where you're going to start to see people uh, start to gravitate around it and, and be attracted to that. Um, and so, so if you're not sure who's supposed to be supporting this, you know, this endeavor that you're on, uh, trust that they'll show up, you know, the, the clearer you become about it for yourself uh, and the more you, the more you communicate about it. Be curious. I think that's yeah. always, um, again, don't assumption, even if it's data or numbers. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. It can really inform, but to get dig deeper and in, in behind it, let the machines and the technology and the data give you reason to be curious and, and test it. Yeah. Test it. So yeah. I keep thinking of an old HR team that were really good at forging relationships and exploring and coming off their their different divisions and departments and really asking good questions a lot mm. and doing more asking than um, dictating what they think the situation is about. And I think that's part of building engagement with staff, showing yeah. that you value their opinion and that's what you were doing and you valued their experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, wonderful. Uh, thanks, Jules, for, for another great uh, episode. Great, great chat. And uh, I want to I want to remind all of our listeners uh, to go to narrative.com and narrative.com to learn more 
uh, about us and how we do things. And you can do that through our podcast, obviously. Um, that's where our podcast page is. If you haven't subscribed, uh, you have a chance to do that uh, there. And also you can check out our blog on, on our website and you can uh, contact us anytime you like. There's a great contact page with any questions you have um, because we are here to help you find, craft, and tell the stories that matter in 2023 and beyond. So we're here to listen and we're ready to listen. Thanks so much for, for listening, everyone. And thanks again, Jules. Uh, thank you. It's all about building stronger connections this year. So That's all right. the best. Be safe and well. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time. For more information on the narrative listening and storytelling method and how it can help your business, go to narrative.com.